Amen? My being here today is a result of God's people praying. I have no doubt about that at all. No doubt about that at all. And Paul is validating that truth here. In other words, it results in praise and thanksgiving. Notice, because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Notice he says, Then many people will give thanks. That's praise. That's thanksgiving. That's worship. That's why we can worship with a true attitude and a true heart toward God. When we know and realize that it's only because of God's mercy shown to us through others that we have been comforted, that we have been healed, that we have been blessed. Praise and worship is the result. We can say with confidence, he goes on in verse 12, on a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings. He's trying to show that he wasn't lying when he said that I had planned to come to you twice and I didn't do it, but I had a good reason. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own human wisdom. Here's the truth. Suffering teaches us how to depend upon the grace of God and not on our own resources. Isn't that a tremendous truth? Suffering teaches us how to depend upon the grace of God and not our own resources. When we try to deal with the problems and difficulties come in our lives, and they come in all kinds of ways. James tells us that. All kinds of temptations, all kinds of trials, in all different ways. But the point is, God has a way of providing the comfort, the way out, as it were, for us. But here is the kicker, beloved. He uses you and me to do it. If you look at somebody over here who's going through a lot of trouble, maybe one reason why they're still going through it is because you have not allowed yourself to become the vehicle of grace and God's mercy to give comfort to that person. You understand what I'm saying? It's important for us. Suffering teaches us how to depend upon the grace of God and not our own resources. Paul then goes into talking about some personal things. He started earlier, but he said, that is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially towards you. A person who is dependent upon God and not his own resources. Our letters have been straightforward and there is nothing written between the lines and nothing you can't understand. Paul was open. Paul was open to his people. He didn't hide anything from them. Now, as we go along, you'll find out that some of the false teachers there were trying to twist Paul's words that he's written. All right, I can show you a portion of that in a minute. He says, I hope someday you will fully understand us, even if you don't understand us now. Then on the day when the Lord Jesus returns, you will be proud of us in the same way we are proud of you. Paul is simply saying here that he was completely open. He wasn't lying. He wasn't hiding anything at all. Some people were saying that the letters he wrote to the Corinthians showed that he was not honest and so on. Paul says, no, no, no. I didn't write anything, but I didn't leave anything out and you had to read between the lines, regardless of what the others say. Peter talked about something like this in Second Peter. He says, On account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given to know him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, notice, all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, that's concerning salvation that the angels looked into, 
wanted to look into, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their destruction. Peter could uh, probably written this note to the Corinthians because that's exactly what was happening. People were twisting the words of the apostle. That's happening today in the church when we come to teaching the word. How we twist the word to get out of it what we want rather than take out, taking out of it what God says. Paul says, no, no, I've been open to you. I don't write between the lines. I don't leave anything out that you have to guess about. And he's going to go on later to say when Jesus Christ was the same thing. He was open. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant. That's what Paul is saying here. He says, since I was so sure of your understanding and trust, I want you to see, he, in spite of all this, he still believed that the Corinthians uh, were faithful to him or would be. I wanted to give you a double blessing by visiting you twice. First on my way to Macedonia, and again when I returned from Macedonia. Then you could send me on my way to Judah. That's what he had promised them before, to visit them twice. But it didn't happen. And now he's been accused of being a liar, of being fickle anyway, in his dealings with the people of God. You may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make my plans carelessly? Do you think I am like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He says what he means, and he means what he says. His word can be depended upon. And that's what he's saying here. You could depend on my word. I didn't intend to lie to you or to deceive you. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. This is Jesus as God's ultimate yes. Isn't that a great phrase? Jesus is God's ultimate yes. He always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. As, and through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Paul just simply saying, I do not lie. If I say something, I mean it. No matter what the teach, false teachers are saying about me, I did not intend in any way to deceive you at all. Now this brings us to the third reason for suffering and that is that it causes us to claim the promises of God he said it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm in Christ it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm in Christ notice along with you he's bringing the church into his victory here he has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. This is a beautiful verse of scripture. Now I put in the words here, therefore comfort one another with these words. That's taking it from Thessalonians of course. In other words, listen to this. It is God who enables us, along with you to stand firm for Christ. No matter what the problems, no matter what the challenges may be, we can stand firm. He has commissioned us. Another, I think the King James says, he has anointed us. And he has identified us as his own. King James says he has sealed us by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts 
as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We can count on the promises of God. Amen? So the third purpose for suffering is to enable us to claim the promises of God. Let me ask you right now. Are there certain passages or verses of scripture that you go to when you are having difficulties, problems? That's what Paul is saying. You claim the promises of God. Now remember, Jesus is one who says what he means and means what he says. And he makes a promise to you, he's going to keep it, right or wrong. So let me ask you, and I want your response. What is one verse that you go to in times of problems or difficulty? Just tell me what that verse is and sit down, please. Stand up and then sit down. Psalm 21? Huh? Okay, from men's life. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Isaiah 41 and 10. That's a great passage. All right. Psalm 91. Okay. Isaiah 40, 31. Well, that's one that we talked to with Brother Franklin. We have the, he was going through a lot of pain. And um, he wanted some more medication. And they're real strong stuff. What do you call a real heavy? Huh? Morphine. Morphine. That's what they were giving him. But they gave him so much, they didn't want to give him any more. And I read that passage and said, Frank, just be still. I know that he is God. And I saw Frank just... As he started to repeat that. All right, two others. 23rd Psalm. Amen. Now we could go on and on. See, that Paul is saying is here. Suffering causes us not only to depend on the grace of God, but to enable us to claim the promises of God. And he's just finished telling us his yes is yes. His nay is nay as well. But if God promises you something, you can be sure that he is going to answer it. Amen? And so we have three purposes for suffering in this passage. We won't go any further right now. Number one, it enables us to become comforters of others. Number two, it enables us to rely upon the grace of God. And number three, it enables us to claim the promises of God. Aren't they good things? Well, that's how you should look at pain and sufferings and disappointments in your life now. And remember, as you gain comfort from these things, God says, now I'm investing my comfort in you. I want you now to invest it in others. That's how he gets his return. That's the God of all comfort, the Father of all mercies. We can depend on him. Amen? But remember, we are the channel. All right? It's important for us. So commit yourself today to someone that you're going to convey God's comfort to as an investment. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the promises of your word. Thank you for our mercies that are new every day. Thank you for being the good God that you are. Help us to learn that even in times of difficulties, you are doing good in our lives so we can do good to others. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lee. I needed that word today. Anyone else needed that word today? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lee, and thank, thank you for allowing God to use you as, as you've been doing in, in all these years serving this, this body of Christ. We're going to stand and sing together number 534, which is uh, one of the cherished hymns of many. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And we are going to sing stanzas 1, 3, and 4. Let's stand together as we sing 534. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know that saith the Lord. Yes, it's sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease, just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I We thank you for today because indeed oh, we have tasted and come to realize that you are good beyond measure and how blessed is the man whose refuge is in this one whom we can trust completely. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your messenger. Now, Lord, as we leave this place, 
may the room of your sweetness be our experience and our delight. And all of God's children says, Amen.